I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothman with Daily Beast, half full editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Wongchurch. How are you, Dave? I'm doing just okay. And yourself? I am I am okay, too. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the, thank God for small things in this world. Absolutely. And I think that is <laughs> the, the perfect segue for uh, the topic of today's show about canned cocktails. Sometimes a uh, delightful uh, beverage in a, in a small package, if you're lucky. If you're lucky and in the right circumstances. And I mean, fortunately, we've got an expert to uh, discuss this with us. We do. We we have our our friend and uh, half full uh, contributor and uh, Tales Award nominee, Wayne Curtis. It's a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hats. He has written several stories for Half Full about the history of, of canned cocktails and current boom and uh you know all of the different variety and the plethora of uh, canned cocktails available today so uh, without further ado we'll get wayne on the line and uh, we'll start talking canned cocktails fantastic welcome wayne thank you for joining us hey wayne my pleasure glad to be here hey david hey noah are you joining us from uh New Orleans like normal, or have you already made the trip up to Maine? I have uh, decamped up to Maine. I am up on the Canadian border deep in the woods. I'm, I'm not even in the middle of nowhere. I'm on the far edge of nowhere. Are you, is, is the uh, nearest metropolitan center uh, Jackman? No, I'm on the other side of the state. Uh, I'm, uh, the nearest metropolitan center is, is Calais, not to be confused with Calais. Oh yeah, <laughs> which it, it, it shares a, a similar spelling, but I'm 45 minutes from Cass up on the border on the east side. You're in a secure, secret location, just in case there's any negative feedback about today's topic. Wayne <laughs> Wayne is in the wilds of of Maine and and uh, in his secret hideout that is fortified and booby trapped and camouflaged. Also, yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. Surrounded by trained moose, trained moose that will come after you. <laughs> trained in firearms, interestingly enough, it is not easy. Your remote location is quite perfect for the topic of today's podcast, which is canned cocktails. What a better uh, excuse to to have canned cocktails, you know, in a place where you can't get a lot of ingredients or fresh ingredients unless you're you're growing them. Thank you for. Going somewhere, that would be the, the perfect setting for this conversation. It is the perfect setting. I don't even remember days, weeks, months, years, decades ago. <laughs> they all blend together, really. All, I mean, at some point in, in the last, I don't know, six years, you wrote a story, more recently than that, obviously, about the history of canned cocktails because, you know, it seems, I imagine the three of us are in the same boat in that every week it seems like we're, our inboxes are inundated with press releases about, you know, brands, you know, coming out with new canned cocktails and 
you know, samples arriving um, that we didn't ask for of, of canned cod noodles. <laughs> and, you know, it occurred to me, like, I forgot why we started talking about it, but we started talking about like the fact that it's not that new. I mean, it's the new, new thing, but it's actually has been the yeah, new, it's a new long thing. Tradition. Right. I mean, like what we're talking like a hundred years at least. Oh, uh, more. Yeah. Oh, more than that. More like 130 years. It, it, yeah. It dates back to the 1890s. I think it is with the Hublin brothers when they, they owned a fancy hotel in Hartford, Connecticut, and they uh, were hosting a party for the first company governor's foot guard, which I believe was a civil war troop that was having a reunion and the picnic, they matched up a bunch of cocktails for them. And the picnic was canceled twice because of rain. And then it was just canceled. And the, and the brothers said, we'll just pour out the, the bottled cocktails that we prepared. And then we don't know his name. We don't know who it is, but some heroic hotel employee instructed to go pour out the cocktails, realized, oh, these still taste fine. <laughs> and they ended up uh, bottling them. And it's in 1892. The Hublin brothers launched a bottle line called the Outing Club Cocktails, which would evolve into just becoming the club cocktail line, which was sold mm -hmm. through the 20th century. So, yeah, it, it, the bottled cocktails, um, they were big then. They go even back, you know, a little bit farther than that, because Jerry Thomas has recipes for them. And uh, Sir Richard Burton, not the actor, the explorer, when he went to uh, Salt Lake City, which was, you know, when it was at the height of its... Uh, sort of uh, early Mormon years when it was an exotic and dangerous place to travel to. Uh, he writes about getting a, 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 a bottle of cocktails for the stagecoach and how sad he was when it broke uh, oh. as they were moving over a rocky pass oh. and just how, how bitterly disappointed uh, he was to have his bottle of cocktails broken. And that was in the 1860s. So, I mean, it was, nice. it was normal. I think the Hublin brothers were the marketing geniuses more than anything else, who branded it and sold it beyond just from over the bar, because it used to be something standard for bartenders. Their drinks outlasted the hotel. Oh yeah, they, the Hublin. Everyone associates Hublin now with drink mixes, so it's, that's where. Well, it all well, when I was a musician in the uh, '80s and on tour, I drank an awful lot of uh, Hublin canned martinis that you could get at every 7-Eleven in the country. Um, Thoughts and prayers. Uh, they 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 were good. <laughs> not the vodka one the gin one was there like a fish flavored one too and like a chicken flavor <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was the brass monkey though uh, <laughs> the, the brass monkey was uh i don't mean salty uh literally but uh that, that was kind of their funky uh attempt to uh, appeal to non-traditional cocktail drinking audiences and uh it was successful for a while they had a reasonable canned margarita which uh i wish uh people now could taste because theirs tasted almost real. Interesting. I, what, one of the things that fascinated me about, you know, the pre-prohibition bottled cocktails was that there were all sorts of grousing about them then that they didn't taste right. There was a, uh, I saw it's from 1902. I found a, a, an article in the Buffalo paper saying, there's a prejudice against bottled cocktails ordinarily, as usually they are put up in such a hurry and with such little care that the flavor is poor. Here, here. Yeah. Even back then, there was complaints, which is the same as thing as you're here now. There were so many brands of them. You know, I've, I've got like some promotional chum for Gold Lion cocktails. That, that was a fairly popular brand. And, you know, some of those brands were okay, and some were less okay. And I think it was... Uh, 
you know, some people cut a lot of corners. I mean, the Sazerac cocktail itself got its real launch as a bottled cocktail, as a bottled whiskey cocktail. You may also need to go to Wayne's secure location if yeah. we start talking about the history yeah. of the Sazerac. We'll, we'll again, just stop but... right there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, some cocktails work. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the modern era. I mean, Wayne, you also wrote the story about, I guess it was in the winter, it was December, about, you know, all of this new generation of like canned old fashions, just like limiting even the scope to the old fashioned, which should be a pretty easy cocktail to can. I mean, it's all mm -hmm. booze, sugar, and bitters. So, I mean, it's fairly straightforward, but you found that a lot of them wasn't quite straightforward as, as it would seem. And I'm not talking bourbon versus rye or, or you know, a scotch or something for the old fashioned. I think I sampled, well, a statistically valid number of them, maybe uh, eight or nine of them. Ooh, uh, yeah. These range from the bottled to canned. And then I also used, did some with the old fashioned syrup that you're seeing increasingly oh, yeah. that people are producing. So you can just add a you know, tablespoon of that to whatever your preferred spirit mm -hmm. is for an old fashioned. And they were uniformly not bad well some were bad uh but generally they were pretty good but they none of them tasted like an old-fashioned that i would make for myself or that one of my favorite bartenders would make for me when i'm out and about they there's just a different quality to them and i think my theory on it was they, they were to distinguish themselves from the the rest of the market they seem to all turn up their spices to 11. And so oh. it just tasted like a, a glass of Christmas, you know, with this yeah, yeah. allspice and everything. They, they, they didn't want to spend the money to use, you know, name brand bitters uh, in their mix for the most part. So they were just sort of recreating the bitter profile using probably some gentian and then some spices, but they just cranked it up. Also tended to be very sweet. And I suspect that is because the American palate generally prefers mm -hmm. more sweet and they're looking for a broader market they're not going after the the craft cocktail geeks who, who know exactly the proportions they want in their old-fashioned they're going after uh, folks who are sort of migrating in from from wine or for beer and they probably want something sweet so yeah the old-fashioned there's a huge number of them out there the other thing that mystified me is why 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 old-fashions are the easiest drinks yeah <laughs> You could batch them in a you know a flask so easily to take out, and it, it'll taste just fine. It's a little I mysterious mean, to me why that happened, but I could see it. canned zombies, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I could see like <laughs> stacking up a whole stack of empty canned zombies someday while sitting on my porch, and oh my uh, God. I think that would probably be goddamn amusing. But uh, and then and then yeah, firing your your lime cannon at this giant pile of cans, but uh, I, dig <laughs> I digress. I don't even, want, I don't even want to put that in your mind. Um, but, um, <laughs> too late, Noah. Too late. I, 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 I think that the, the old fashioned, I, I went through two phases. One was denial. And then I went straight to acceptance. <laughs> denial was like, no, this doesn't taste like, but then I was like, you know what? No, it doesn't taste like coffee and Starbucks out of a yeah. convenience store cooler right. in a That's bottle. That's true too. But it tastes fine. You know, it tastes fine. I like those, but it's not it's not Starbucks like you get at the store. Same thing with the old fashions. The ones you get in cans are not going to be like the ones you get at a bar, but they're they're fine. But it's a drink anyway, at least. It's I a mean, drink. Uh, how many of them tried to can the garnish? I have not seen that. All, all, of, them, I've seen that. 
all of them seem to add, you know, a little bit of orange to it just to yeah. that, but they're not, I, you have to get the candied. I guess you could do a can and then have some sort of plastic cap on it that has the dried orange peel on it and you put that in, but I haven't seen that yet. Maybe it's out there. With some of those drinks, like what you're saying about, you know, like the old fashioned, like you could get a big ball jar and make a big batch yourself that would last basically mm -hmm. indefinitely. I mean, we definitely saw 10 years ago, the whole barrel aging phenomenon where you had the small barrels and bars and people were putting in Manhattan was probably the most popular choice for those mm -hmm. barrel age. But, but again, like that, you know, you could make a big ball jar of Manhattan's too. And because again, it's, it's all booze. I mean, it's, you know, old fashioned is just, you know, I guess that's kind of my, where, where I, I have a bit of a problem. You know, the cans are all a certain size, like six ounces. I don't think they're much smaller than that. Yeah, the four ounce one, the the rock and was it rock and rye? I think yeah, the, the one was, from uh, the Rock yeah. Cooper uh, Cooper Spirits, and, slow yeah, and low. Yeah, and tip tip top cocktails are all those sizes. Yes, anyway, yeah. You run into a problem with that is if you make the drink uh, foolproof, as if you would get it over a bar, uh, you've got a liability problem in a can right there. Even even at four ounces, let alone at six ounces, and uh, or eight ounces, as many of the cans are. And, you know, they can write like serves three all they want on it. And, you know, people are just going to guzzle them. So uh, what I've seen all too often is that they just water the drinks down. Oh, yeah. And uh, you end up with this thing that's, you know, it's it's like a cocktail that you mixed for yourself. And then you had to go do a long Zoom meeting while the cocktail was sitting on the counter just out of arm's length. And then, you know, you could uh, drink your cocktail now, Dave, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's just out of reach. But uh, you end up with this thing that's like all, all watered down and, you know, tastes kind of like it used to be a cocktail, but it's not really a cocktail anymore. That is the problem. I mean, I think part of it's also like the low ABV where they're trying to well, compete that's what against. I'm saying. No, no, but I mean, they're trying yeah. to compete against like beer or the hard seltzer so that they're trying to or even like you see like um you know in japan like the the highballs like they're 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 all going after like more of a canned wine canned beer market and right i mean that's well and good except i mean with the highball it kind of works but even the highballs don't taste well, right but the, i mean yeah. it's it is a problem where they're trying to make a martini but at like 12 percent alcohol like, yeah the old hubline ones were something like 32 percent uh and then they and then they got lower as the 80s dragged on and then they disappeared which was by the time they got really low in proof it was just as well but but you know i i don't mind the low abv if it's a drink that's designed for that right like when i'm in in italy i'll just i'll just buy campari sodas like crazy the little ones in the pyramid shaped bottles that you get over there and they've been selling those since the 1930s and those are delicious there's no problem but all it is is campari and soda there's nothing else in there yeah, it's, not, it's the ones that are supposed to taste like something else yeah those bother me yeah i've got a i, I got a three bar boxes that's a, that's a brand name bar box out of st petersburg florida here uh they do a cosmopolitan and a negroni and What's the other one? I can't remember. But the Negroni's fifty-two proof. And okay. Okay. Forty-eight proof. So yeah. they're starting to bring these back. The Negroni's not bad. It doesn't. Again, it doesn't taste like the Negroni I would make myself. So probably not using Campari. But no, it probably tastes, not. Tastes pretty good. I mean, it's got an, it's 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 way more bitter than it is sweet, which was a you know, really pleasing. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The problem that we're dancing around here is that like also a lot of the cocktails that call for citrus, it's very hard to get that flavor to taste like it's supposed to in a can. I mean, whether we're talking about regular non-hard seltzer <laughs> um, to, you know, soda, to whatever it is, if you want to use fresh juices to get that to taste right and to last is still something oh, that not easy. is very yeah, hard. Seems like the Everest of the, the, the canned cocktails, being able to recapture the lemon, lime, and orange flavor. Because, yeah, you can't use it in a can. It's just going to oxidize. and go off and and then it once you start pasteurizing and putting heat to it it completely yeah. well, ends well, it tastes like roses lime juice yeah right. or snapple you know right. <laughs> yeah exactly snapple I've, lemonade i've had i had a good can cocktail last year from a restaurant in new york that was but it was more of the to-go style right where where we've seen again wayne you wrote the story i think we called it the uh it's like, you know, uh, is America turning into Bourbon Street or something? The coronavirus is turning America into, into Bourbon Street. We're about, oh, you know, all of, about, <laughs> about all of the states and cities that were passing to-go laws. And, you know, we saw a lot of restaurants and bars buy canning machines that would allow them to make fresh cocktails daily and can them. And I had some of those, and those were actually delicious because it was just like a, you know, they were making a regular cocktail, but instead of putting it into a glass, they could put it into a smaller can, like what you were talking about, Dave, like one of those mm-hmm. minis. So it was the right size. You could use fresh juice as long as you consumed it that day or that evening, right? They would make them fresh, I guess, every day. Did you it have take, to keep it chilled? It it had to be chilled. So yeah, yeah. like, and that, I mean, that's the problem, but it was amazing because it, it really did feel like I had just walked into a bar and gotten it, like, a great drink but that's the refrigeration and obviously the small window that you can drink that is is very yeah. problematic yeah you're losing the greatest advantage of these things which right. is you know here i am in my fortress of solitude on the uh, <laughs> border of uh of maine and iceland or something and uh <laughs> I, I believe they have a border and uh you uh need a drink and uh you need like something, you know, more than just a slug of hooch. And oh, look, here's a canned uh, daiquiri. Yeah, it is just like a, a taste of the South, you know. And uh, how, how oh, great! Oh, you have never be. been to Callis, Maine, because they were never- <laughs> <laughs> You'll- I have been Malibu, actually Malibu and some brown limes, and then call it a right, day. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. What is, uh, that's uh, that's that that's about uh, my experience of of some of the bars up there. Well, you were talking about Wayne with kind of the old fashioned, the old fashioned syrups, right? We've also started to see a new generation of cocktail mixers, right? Which used to be kind of a bad word, right? You go into the grocery store, there'd be a line of you know neon colored cocktail mixers, preferably used with a blender mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. ice 
But here there are like now bespoke ones that are kind of like have blurred the lines almost between a juice place, right? And a, and a bar where it's like f- fresh juice that's, you know, and maybe some herbs and, you know, some kind of sweetener that's, you know, pasteurized. And I mean, again, it has to be refrigerated, but it can last for a couple of days as long as it's capped. And that's like add tequila, you know, or add, you know, whiskey or whatever you want to add mm. to them and make drinks. And those, some of them are definitely better, but it, it still seems a little weird where if you're going to make a margarita, like to use a mix like that, which is just lime juice and some kind of sugar and you have to add the tequila, like I could just squeeze a lime. It's still a well, lot of work. are really afraid right? to do that though. I've got to say. That is true. I mean, as baby steps kind of into, yeah. and, and, and especially like it is easier, like tried one recently and it said shake it i didn't even shake it i poured it over ice added tequila for their margarita stirred it up with a spoon and and it was fine i mean it was it was the best margarita ever had no but it was it was very enjoyable and it i made it very quickly and i didn't have to have limes or anything was it better than one that you make in the blender with a can of uh frozen limeade the limeade concentrate Dave, you're giving uh, away all my secrets. What's up with this? A can of tequila, you know, you, then you <laughs> refill the same thing with tequila. And then you also pour in a can of Budweiser. You know, you know that one? That You mean my house drink? Um, yeah. The Rothbaum okay. Marita? Just checking. Yeah, the um, Rothbaum Marita. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that some of these brands are trying to get people to make drinks at home. And I'm not sure if that helps or hurts because it seems like it's still some kind of like, you know, weird alchemy that you have to perform mm-hmm. instead of just saying juice a lime and, you know, put in some, you know, agave, you know, nectar. Like, I don't know. At least you don't have to measure, you know, because that's where a lot of people get afraid is like, what if I put too much? What if right. I put too little? Like, I, there's the lime. How much sugar do I put in? Do I put in like a big spoon, a little spoon? Uh, what kind of sugar? You know, and it goes on and on. Can I use stevia instead? Uh, I mean, right? Because uh, I don't have sugar in the house. Things that seem simple once you've done them a few times, until you've done them a few times, are, are a little bit challenging, I think. And when you come home from work and you just want something to drink, much easier yeah. just to throw a dollop of syrup and some liquor in an ice cube and call it a day. I, in fact, I do that. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, I mean, I think there's some what, really good syrups. There's some good syrups out there now. Well, I, I do that too, but I call it a tiponche. <laughs> I'm going to go out there and say, you know, I think this is really the canned cocktail. For, this is really 3.0. There's a whole other 2.0 in the 60s where everything was huge. Yeah. Everybody was into it. Then it faded out and now we're into 3.0. I, I think this one's here to stay. I think that there's a few things that are happening now that are going to, push this on one is that I, I think i think in five years from now it won't be uncommon to go into a bar possibly not the fancy craft cocktail bars but uh the, the slightly one the ones up from a dive and and to be able to order your favorite canned cocktail just as now you go into a beer bar you can get bottle or canned beer no one thinks about that no one thinks well it's not on tap i'm not going to drink it uh and i i just think that that they're better than they have been in the past and also the interesting thing is they're all, they, some of the interesting ones seem to be growing from the bottom up. They're mm-hmm. sort of being, the smaller craft guys are looking at ways to diversify and they're being more creative. Like, you know, Cardinal Spirits out of Indiana does a a, uh, a bourbon and cream soda. I was just cocktail. about to like, mention that one. Who did not come up with that earlier? I mean, well, that is, well, that's, that's one of the best problem. ones because it, it yeah. I mean, it actually tastes like bourbon and cream soda, right? I mean, that's like. I could see going into a bar 
in a mood and saying, "Do you, if you got the bourbon and cream soda, just order oh, a can of sure. it." Oh, for sure. It's probably gonna be cheaper. And the and you're also, you know, the the prices are going up now. It's fourteen, sixteen, eighteen dollar cocktails are pretty common. And yeah. Gonna, you know, bar owners are gonna be looking for ways to get it down. And if they can sell a canned cocktail for eight or ten dollars and still make a, their margins on it, they're they're gonna move to that. So also, I, that means they don't have to uh, train their bartenders to. Uh, right. Yeah. mixed drinks and uh, or anything like that you know it gives you sort of yeah. a, an in-between a cocktail bar and a you know your average uh, neighborhood and, uh, beer in a shot joint and you don't have to have a huge supply room i mean you don't have to have every you just have a pile of cans in the back exactly the cocktails have to meet them a little bit halfway though because i think a lot of the cocktails are still caught up in the late craft cocktail era where everything has to have a wild twist on it, you yeah. know, and, and and these drinks are interesting for one, but not the kind of thing you want to like pound six of over the course of a long afternoon. I mean, I think that's what's fascinating is that of like the dozens and dozens of canned cocktails that we've been pitched in the last two years that Wayne, you and I, one of the ones that we both wanted to talk about was Cardinal Spirits and the bourbon and cream soda, which is like one yeah. of the simplest combinations that exists, but it tastes good. Where and even even some of the highballs that I've had have not been to the level like it, it still tastes not quite right. Like which is bizarre since it's just club soda and bourbon. Yeah, or... you would think, but I wish the Sazerac company would go back to their roots and bottle up Sazeracs in little tiny cans. Uh, so that you could get a, a real Are you listening, Mark Brown? If you're willing to concede to their version of the history of the Sazerac, I think that we could get that. <laughs> the <laughs> bottle of cocktails. This might be a negotiating. Here. This could be a negotiating point, Dave. Yeah, like, no, yeah. you can negotiate with the truth, unfortunately. <laughs> no matter what people are saying now in politics, I, I just, I reject that. Fair. You're like, I'll make my own Sazerac. Yeah, I can make my own. I have a bottle in my freezer, as a matter of fact, right now, of (laughs) a homemade bottled Sazerac, where when I don't feel like mixing drinks, I could just pour myself a Sazerac and sit back and uh, really feel like life is treating me okay. I remember a couple of years ago, Gosling's, which obviously owns the intellectual property for the dark and stormy, right? The name, they came out very early on with a canned cocktail of a dark and stormy, it lacks like the, the zip, like that kind of freshness of making it yourself, which again is a very simple drink. I mean, it's just half a lime ginger beer and Gosling's rum since you're required to by law. Um, And, you know, (laughs) maybe a little bit of bitters, but like it, it wasn't bad though. It it wasn't. And in fact, it was actually quite, it was better than some of the like new twists on a dark and stormy that I've been served right. in craft cocktail bars. I'd rather have that canned cocktail and especially if it was over ice. And and... If you just put a squeeze of your own lime in it, it'd probably bring the freshness. Back. Absolutely. And I, you mm-hmm. know, which was, but it tasted, the flavor was right on point. Like that made me excited actually for the future of canned cocktails. And, 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 and it, it hasn't quite lived up to that. I'm not sure how they were able to do that the citrus flavor, but it can be done. And I think it will only get better. So I I agree with you, Wayne, like I, you know, it's here to stay for a while. We're in an interesting transitional period now where it's like moved into the hotel mini bars and to sporting events. So you're starting to see coolers. 
people i mean there's a generation that would just as soon reach for a canned margaritas for a, a bud light and i think that's moving into the eddies moving into tailgates and now it's, the next step is to move into the bars i think that'll be in the next couple of years it's like each brand it seems has one drink is like a bestseller people a lot of people like the cut water margarita like you know that that's a like a bestseller now it's well, like that was <laughs> it was the sazerac company originally with their whiskey cocktail they also had like an old tom gin cocktail and a vermouth cocktail and a, a martini and a, and a manhattan and nobody drank those. Everybody drank the Sazerac whiskey cocktail. <laughs> so, you know, 10 years from now, we could all be talking about a cut water and it would just be one drink and everybody would know it. Right. right. Yeah. For me, the rule of thumb, in some ways, the simpler, the better, you know, and, and the more boozy it is and, and the smaller the can, you know, is, is a way to find better canned cocktails but it doesn't work for everything obviously they might want to stop like having a whole line of cocktails if i were getting into the business i'd just pick one and get it absolutely perfect you know and and sell that well i think they're at the phase where it's they're letting the market decide because they right. can't predict which one's going to go it's like a lot of craft spirits people our friend scott blackwell at highwire uh was producing all sorts of things till he sort of landed on the jimmy red bourbon right. now that's really his focus so he wouldn't have come into that if he hadn't been trying a whole bunch of stuff so it's, it's a sense we're at that era with the craft i mean the canned cocktails as well is that people are just trying anything and see what sells and stick stick with it a lot of wineries were being you know built in in america in the last 20 mm -hmm. years you know little, you know in places outside of california you know you go in and there's every possible type of wine like you, right. you make this all here like uh-huh like okay <laughs> like what, what's the best one like i'm not I, you know and there's usually there's one that's drinkable right or yeah then you go good. to burgundy and and you know the guy's like oh no that's 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 my wine that's we're, all i we, make right we <laughs> make, we're like you know makers mark made one whiskey essentially for years like that was yeah, it yeah. it was like yeah. nope we do this one like and, and most of the whiskey companies did i mean it was essentially one whiskey that they made and it was it's only in recent times mm -hmm. where we expect to walk in and find somebody making, you know, vodka, gin, absinthe, bourbon, rye, single malt, <laughs> well, know, everything. Like, you know, distillers used to do that. Uh, like the Campari company had all kinds of stuff in their product line until they realized it was the bitters that was selling and that's what they kept. And, you know, and a hundred years ago, they ditched like 15 other things. In the 60s, yeah, there were so many. I mean, Bacardi had the canned daiquiri then, Calvert, Shenley, you know, Hiram Walker, Glenmore. Oh, yeah. Jim Beam had Bottle Manhattan. Oh, yeah. National Distillers had a, a whole brand called Duet uh, canned cocktails. Everyone's been throwing stuff out there. It didn't last before. I suspect this, I suspect that it will last, but I suspect it will also be more the fizzy drinks which are hard i think harder to recreate in a bar because so many bars have guns and you end yeah. up you know the worst thing in the world is a flat gin and tonic uh how many of those have all of us ended up ordering whereas if you know if you order a, a, a decent gin and tonic in a can it's going to at least be very bubbly right and also there's the uh, the hard seltzer market there just kind of and these people kind of looking over the fence at that and right you, you can cut that fence down pretty low what we're seeing is like the hard seltzer movement i mean it's 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 eaten a huge part of the beer market but we've seen the growth start to slow down right and i mean yeah. it's, it's not going anywhere but but it, and it will be a huge segment of of the beer market or, or or alcohol market in general but 
as more companies get into the canned cocktails and they start to build up steam, it will definitely eat up a lot of the demand for the hard seltzers because it's just, it's a lot of the same value proposition with a lot more flavor, you know, and, and in some ways I could see a ton of the people moving from the hard seltzer to the canned cocktails. Well, you need the health claim that the, uh, the hard seltzer is sort of this, this, you know, secretly relying on that, you know, there's nothing in here. Like, <laughs> well, it tastes that way. bad for you. <laughs> yes. Of course, you know, there's alcohol. but Right. Uh, and they, they can't say that alcohol. because. No, no, but, they can't. But, but that is their, their, their selling proposition. Whisper marketing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the cocktails uh, are, are, are less minimalist. So they're never going to eat the whole, the whole uh, hard seltzer market there. But they'll get some of it for sure. And it's turned into such a huge segment. And especially also is the merging too, because you have the hard seltzers are trying now all types of crazy flavors. So a a flavored hard seltzer and a canned cocktail, the differences, you know, shrink (laughs) ever more, you know, so that like, you know, it's it's hard to say what will, what's a hard seltzer wants a canned cocktail ultimately, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you know, if, if they can figure out how to make a passable or really enjoyable margarita, that would be, especially a, a carbonated margarita, that would be huge. And I'm drinking one right now. The Cazadores has come out with it. They're, they're 5.9% <laughs> and they're fizzy and they're actually really good. I'm very okay. impressed with those. This Look for those. Well, thank you, Wayne, for coming on. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for the invite. And uh, thanks for the excuse to crack open a canned margarita in uh, mid-afternoon. Talk to you guys down the road. We'll bring the canned cocktails. And Dave will bring his Sazerac. And a bottle of whiskey. Yes, just in case. Break in case of an emergency. Yeah, Exactly. All right, cheers. 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 Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.